G'day, I'm Megan Woodward, and this is Crop to Top, the Cotton Info podcast. Conversations to help you grow. We are very, very lucky today to have the one and only Warwick Waters joining us for our first podcast for 2023. Warwick is the program manager for Cotton Info and it's a role he has had for quite a while. So we're going to take the chance today to reintroduce ourselves to Warwick and reintroduce ourselves to all the things we may have forgotten about Cotton Info, the program, and all the things that we need to remember as we head into 2023. First of all, Warwick, I would love to know, and I'm sure many of our listeners would like to know, a bit about Warwick Borders, the man before Cotton Info. Tell me a bit about what you were doing and how you ended up in this uh, this position come 2023. Thanks, Megan. Well, if I think back, my first interaction with Cotton was actually as a university student, Cotton picking out of Dolby, where I grew up, which helped me put me through university. Out of university, my first position was actually as an extension agronomist uh, to be based at St. George, replacing the previous DPI person who had jumped ship and become a cotton consultant. And as it happens, that was Jamie Street, and he's still doing that. But I only lasted about six months in that extension role before I switched over to the dairy industry and spent a big chunk of time then uh, working as a dairy extension officer, and then transitioning to leading the Dairy Water Sufficiency Initiative in 1999 uh, through to about 2004. I then went and did a stint in New Zealand, uh, working with Ag Research in their farming systems team, which was great for exposing me to uh, quite a few new theories about um, decision-making and change on farm before coming back in 2004. From there, I worked privately for a while, supporting industries with extension projects and planning, um, which also included a couple of projects for CRDC. And through that process, I came to find out about this newly formed Cotton Info program, which was looking for a, a manager. I threw my head into the ring and nine years later, I'm still here. And what a nine years. It's um, incredible to have someone that stays with the program all but from inception to the point it is now. And we're at a stage of, you know, we're past celebrating 10 years and a lot has happened in a decade. Walk me through, I guess, as a bit of a refresher and a reminder of what Cotton Info was set up to do 10 years ago and what we're looking at now and I guess what it's achieved. Cotton Info emerged out of the finalisation of the Cotton CRC, which had been doing the role of connecting growers and consultants with researchers through various programs. Uh, When the CRC finished, the industry decided to be proactive and take into their own hands the role of extension within the industry. And so a joint venture was created between the three partners, uh, Cotton Australia, CSD and CRDC to form and resource the Cotton Info program. So structurally, the program consists of um, myself managing and yourself as a communications uh, person for the team. Uh, We then have the MyBMP program, uh, which sits under Cotton Australia. Uh, We have technical leads looking after key technical areas 
And we've got the network of regional extension officers who are based in CSD working in our program. We're all about connecting growers and consultants with research, uh, supporting industry growth. Um, that's mainly new growers um, into new areas such as Northern Australia at the moment. And we also have a role in responding to threats that the industry faces. So that could be biosecurity as well as natural challenges such as droughts and floods and those sorts of things. It is quite a list um, and I'm sure that most people listening to this would have had a touch point on any one of those lists, if not all of them, um, over the last 10 years that you've been involved. Tell me, I guess, some of the, the highlight reel, I guess, if we've got two or three of the top things that Cotton Info has achieved over that decade in some of those spaces because I think a lot of people seem to or can forget because it's such an active program of the things that are actually achieved as we go along and and I guess not just have boots on the ground. So when we celebrated the 10 years, we did pull together the the headlines, which included things like we've had over 20,000 cotton grower interactions at Cotton Info events over 120,000 visits to our website to access the information and resources there. We've got 240 instructional videos on our YouTube channel. We've conducted over 80 on-farm trials. So some really encouraging big picture achievements there. But for me, that's all off the back of people um, in the team doing the little things that they do every day. And our team's been pretty stable over the last 10 years. Um, we celebrated Kieran O'Keefe and Amanda Thomas and Janelle Montgomery as being there from the start, um, as well as quite a few in the team who are at that sort of nine-year mark. We've also seen new talent come into the industry through the team, such as Shana Holman, who's currently doing her PhD on insect management in Northern Australia. We've got John Baird come on as our nutrition tech lead. And we had Ben Crawley uh, with Water Sufficiency, all newer people introduced in the industry as part of Cotton Info. I guess you can't put a value on people and people that stay in an industry for a long period of time. But what are some of the things that I guess for people that might be new or might be wanting to reintroduce themselves or have a look at what Cotton Info has to offer What's the value of the people that we actually have as part of this program that can offer that advice, not just from a technical and an industry level, but from a personal level too? Yep. So if I, I give you some of the examples of the things that have stood out to me over our time as an example of that, generally they've been around networking, partnerships and collaboration and uh, bringing together teams that have resulted in lasting change. Um, and a great example of that would be the bus tour that Janelle Montgomery helped organise in partnership with commercial providers and irrigation designers and other industries um, to go down and look at bankless irrigation systems that were being used in other industries like the rice industry and dairying at that time. And as a result of that bus trip, there were networks formed that are still in place today uh, there were ideas sparked as people discussed options, uh, which resulted in people trialling things on farms, designers thinking about ways that those ideas from those other industries could be applied in cotton. And we can draw a direct line through to today that we've got trials going on on Craig Saunders' farm in St George, 
which are looking at testing technology to be able to assess bankless application efficiency in real time, which includes some of the genesis of those ideas from that bus trip many years ago. Other examples would be where the team has collaborated around helping the industry handle things like Silverleaf Whitefly and Mealybug as they headed south and organising peer-to-peer learning events where those growers and consultants who'd had a few years' experience with those pests were able to talk to growers who are experiencing it for the first time and um, give them really valuable insight into their experience in managing those things. Absolutely. It's all priceless. Um, I think, too, you touched there about the the potential of farm trials and those on-farm trials that we've been so heavily involved in. And I know that there is a, a bit of a future focus here on the potential of on-farm trialling being brought more into our space. What sort of role do you see Cotton Info having in supporting that in a more, I guess, streamlined and hands-on way than we already are? I think that there's a real opportunity there, Megan. The development of sensor technology to be able to more easily collect data through the season and some of the new statistical packages that have been developed to be able to utilise the inherent variability within fields to to learn more about treatments and um, trials that have been applied is really exciting. One of the key challenges that we have in the research development and extension continuum is to optimise the utility of any technology or information that's being developed. And by utility, I mean the usefulness for the end users, growers and farmers. Um, I see on-farm trialling as an opportunity to increase that utility by embedding it in the practical everyday uh, running of a farm so that it's tested in, in real-life situations. So we could envisage that as many fields as growers would like to could become part of the the research um, and trialling process within the cotton industry. We're kicking around ideas like having simple protocols that address real questions that growers have that they would like to understand better or explore, that they can take those protocols off the shelf, apply them in a treatment on their farm, learn about what happens on their own farm, learn from others in their regions who have tried the same thing and potentially collate all the fields that were involved in that trial together to learn at a national level with a a serious um, and large data set around that particular research question. So a a real opportunity just to strengthen that connection between the application on-farm and the research that's been done sometimes a little bit removed on research stations or glasshouses or in a laboratory. Mm, Absolutely. I guess that is extension at its best. What sort of potential impacts do you see that happening on the industry long term? Because obviously these are the kind of on-farm trials that don't just, as you said, don't just have an impact for the person doing that trial, but the people within their region and further afield as well. I guess that really hands into the the power of the Cotton Info program for longevity insofar as boosting productivity and profitability and sustainability of the cotton sector in Australia. Yeah, that's right. And it can go across a, a range of areas as well. 
the on-farm experimentation can be a vehicle for testing really new bright ideas that people have that are out of the blue through to having quite structured, coordinated investigation of some of our long-standing challenges around efficiency of inputs like nutrition and, and water, managing of pests, improving our sustainability. Yeah, so it's got pretty broad-ranging opportunities. And here's a segue for you, Warwick. Speaking of uh, broad-ranging opportunities, our annual operating plan is essentially Cotton Info's Bible. It's also nearly up for renewal as well, but it's driven some really strong extension goals and targets over the last couple of years. What are some of the highlights from our current 2022-23 to plan? Yeah, so this season had a really tough start. The flooding over winter and the wet spring made seedbed preparation uh, very difficult. And there were lots of questions out there from our growers and consultants about nutrition management, um, how much pre-season end would still be available, where was it in the profile, what were the options for applying it in crop. So early in the season, we worked closely with Back Paddock to get soil tests done, find out where that end was and we ran a webinar in conjunction with them, which had over 80 participants at the time and hundreds of views following the, on the video uh, that walked through the current situation and options there. John Baird also followed up with several field days with researchers to share their experience with options such as nitrogen inhibitors with such a wet season. Weed control has also been another challenge given the season that we've had, and the team have been very active in supporting growers in decisions around that, as well as supporting um, the industry in minimising spray drift. They've been working with their local SOS groups to promote the new wand inversion towers um, and get the messages out around the opportunities of identifying hazardous inversions as opposed to general inversions to increase the opportunities for safely applying. We've been working with Northern Australia. Uh, so Rob Carruthers has been busy up there supporting growers work through my BMP. And we've got the first farms being certified up there in the last few months. And a large proportion of those new growers who are registered and working their way through my BMP. On the disease front, we've been working closely with the Richard Williams Initiative from CSD. And we have Amanda and Emma leading the development of action research on farm on disease management. Paul Grundy has been busy with supporting the training of new agronomists through bug checker training. And he continues to demonstrate early season management of insects through the retention trials, which have been going on for the last three seasons. Um, he's also been supporting the introduction of the new Silverleaf Whitefly app which includes things like the REOs buying and testing the lenses that you clip onto your phone to be able to take magnified leaf pictures to be able to count silver leaf white fly, which is pretty amazing technology. Later this season, we're going to be promoting best management practice for defoliation. We've got a new defoliation manual uh, for release, and we'll be doing communication around the impacts on fiber quality uh, from defoliation and picking. And being a full irrigation system, we've been rolling out irrigation toolbox training for new people and existing farm hands who are involved in um, shifting siphons and applying irrigation. 
And we've even got work with a passionate grower who, even though we're in full irrigation this season, he knows that we'll be short of water again very soon and is continuing on with trials around the best use of limited water. So he's continuing to explore the opportunity of using canopy temperature sensors to manage water when there's only enough for two or three irrigations in a season. You're in the the thick of the Cotton Info strategic plan at the moment, currently being reviewed and developed for 2023 to 2028 timeline. Obviously, we're working through that at the moment and growers and consultants will be brought into that process in the coming months. I guess as we sort of tie up this chat and we talk about the importance of collaboration and networking and these opportunities that exist, what's your pitch, Warwick, around the importance of taking up that opportunity when it comes to check out the strategic plan for Cotton Info for our next five years and put forward their comments and ideas? So the strategic plan sets the direction that we work towards as a team. And it's really important that 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 direction reflects the needs of the growers and industry that we're working with. And that's incorporated in. We also need to make sure that we're considering things that are becoming more important over the next five years. Um, So there's emerging trends of things like increased opportunity around digital agriculture, There's rapid development in carbon markets and implications for market access. There's the climate variability that we're dealing with and even a shift in availability of some of the inputs that we have come to rely on over the years. We're just needing to learn how to manage all of those things. So in conjunction with our partner organisations, we'll be developing a draft of uh, a strategic plan for Cotton Info and Through our communications channels, we'll be providing um, all stakeholders with the opportunity to be able to give us feedback on whether you think we're on the mark, we're covering the things that are important to you, or to suggest things that you think we've missed that we need to consider. Excellent. It's such a powerful tool and it's such a powerful process to be able to give the opportunity to get that feedback on these strategic plans. And there are a lot within the industry at the moment. So we know that people don't have an infinite bucket of time, but as you've heard there, it's such a great opportunity to be able to get involved and make sure that I guess what's being put into industry, you're being able to gain um, that knowledge as well as we set the set the agenda for the next five years of the future for the industry. Now, look, Warwick, we're going to wrap up. We've promised everybody that these episodes are going to be no more than 20 minutes long, so they're nice and easy to digest. The name of this podcast is Crop to Top, which indicates that the um, conversations that we're going to have over the next 12 months are going to be all about from the point of a seed going in the soil right through to buying a 100% Australian cotton shirt at the other end. So our question to every guest is going to be, what is your favourite part of the process from crop to top, in your opinion? So Megan, for me, if you look back over my whole career, extending well before the cotton industry, I always seem to have had an association with water use efficiency and the irrigation side of things, uh, right back to my university days. So I guess I've got a bit of a soft spot for trying to improve the efficiency of the water that we use. There's social license implications with that, and it's also one of our key uh, limiting factors to production. So, yeah, something that's always been of interest to me. And no doubt something that will maintain your interest as we work through 
2023 and beyond. There is a lot to be excited about and we will definitely be touching on all of those facets um, and all those highlights with the uh, various REOs and tech leads who have been involved in those individual parts of the program in the coming weeks and months ahead. Warwick Waters, Program Manager of Cotton Info, thank you so much for sharing your insights and your time with us today. Thank you very much, Megan.